When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to More Than Amused. I'm Stani. And I am Sadie. And we are doing like a long awaited or long planned episode. Finally. Yes, we today. are. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while we like to do kind of like a, uh, I don't even know what to call them, like our legendary. Yeah, like, like our like modern legends. Icons. Yes. We've done Taylor Swift and then we also had, I'm trying to remember who it was. We did Britney Spears. Britney Spears, that's right. And then this one has been planned for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> it's Well, I like doing these because I feel like we know the icons like because we see them you know like in magazines or I guess we used to see them in mm-hmm. magazine that's kind of a dated thing to use now but you know like we see them everywhere all over the internet but like how much do we actually know their stories how much do we know where they came from or like actually realize like how amazing and how accomplished these women are and especially with like Beyonce like I feel like with Taylor Swift I'm definitely a bit biased and I knew I knew every <laughs> single one of her accomplishments but yeah um Stani and I were talking right before of like Beyonce was almost like three to five years before almost like we were old enough to like fully I don't know yeah. be involved in pop culture as much uh-huh. as I later ended up being very involved in pop culture so I don't think I yeah. I really realized I mean I, I know she's an icon I don't like of course mm-hmm. I know Beyonce's an icon but oh yeah 100 percent. but it's like we just missed like the fandom mm-hmm. for her by like just a little bit or, like watching Destiny's Child become yeah. just Beyonce and all that yeah like we weren't really in the know no. for any of that happening uh-uh. <laughs> and yeah like neither of us had like an old enough sibling True. to like help with that either. So it was just kind of like, you know, we knew she was there. She was always an icon. Always. But she kind of was already a legend by the yeah, time. Yeah, she had like achieved stratosphere yeah. status by the time so that it was just like, oh, it's of course it's Beyonce. I didn't really need to learn yeah. about her. It's just, she just was the icon that she is. Yeah, very, very true. So it was good to finally learn about her and read reading through all the research i i was just like oh i don't know it was it was a good reminder that i'm like wow yep this this woman truly is truly is an icon so truly truly one of the funniest things so i'm gonna start out with like kind of her early life early career Mm -hmm. destiny's child that whole thing and then sadie will take it after but (laughs) i don't know why i thought this i totally thought beyonce was a stage name oh yeah yeah it's such an iconic name (laughs) agreed and so I totally thought and then I realized why later so her alter ego that I'll talk about later Sasha Pierce or fierce I thought it or I thought it was Sasha oh I think it is Sasha Fierce yes I thought that was her real name oh 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, like that makes sense that you'd be like, oh, the album is I Am Sasha Fierce. So it'd be like, a, oh, she's finally naming an album after her real name. Her real name. Beyonce's her stage name. No, exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> But then I realized, how cool is the name Beyonce? It's almost like um, she was destined for this just because of what her yeah. name is. So Beyonce Giselle Knowles was born on September 4th, 1981 in Houston, Texas. Her parents' names were Celestine, who went by Tina, also another amazing name. Mm-hmm. Her maiden name was Beyonce. It doesn't have the accent over the E. So I think it's Beyonce. She was a hairdresser and a salon owner. And then her dad, Matthew Knowles, who actually was a Xerox sales manager, sign of the times right there. Yeah. Selling Xerox. Her mother was a Louisiana Creole. And then Matthew is an African-American. And then her younger daughter's name is Solange. Yes, Solange. I'm saying that right? Mm -hmm. And she was actually a former backup dancer for Destiny's Child. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Well, yeah, I mean, I've listened to Solange's music. Like, she's like, talent runs thick in this family. (laughs) It definitely does. They're actually the first sisters to have both had number one albums. Really? Yes, which is crazy. That's like such a cool compliment. And I had no idea that she was a background dancer for Destiny's Child. Yeah, for Destiny's Child. That's so cool. (laughs) Also, her heritage is really cool. There was like a bunch about it that I'm not going to go into, but because her mother's side of the family were all French speaking Louisiana Creoles, mm-hmm. they also are like the descendant of a lot of French aristocrats from the Southwest of France, mm. which is cool. And then on her father's side, who's African American, she also is descended from a slave owner who married his slave, which is an interesting story. And then her mother also has distant Jewish, Spanish, Chinese, and Indonesian ancestry. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Talk about like mixed. Yeah. (laughs) But in a very, very cool way. It sounds like the Creole is very predominant as a part of like their heritage and culture and everything growing up. So she's pretty much identified as like Louisiana Creole, but obviously she has a little bit of everything. She was raised Catholic and attended St. Mary's Montessori School in Houston, where she enrolled in dance classes, Mm -hmm. which is fun because I feel like that's where so many people start out. Yeah. And that's where her singing was discovered as well, because her dance instructor was humming a song and Beyonce finished it hitting the high pitched notes. Wow. And then she went, oh, this kid's got some range. Yeah. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then they moved along her interest in music. She actually won a school talent show at age seven beating out 15 and six-year-olds with her rendition of John Legend's Imagine. Wow. And then by the fall of 1990, they enrolled her in a magnet school, which is just like a specialty focused school Mm -hmm. specifically for music in Houston, where she performed with the school's choir and then also went on to attend the high school for the performing and visual arts and then Alif El Sikh High School. Also, during this entire time, she was also a member of her church choir at St. John's United Methodist Church and soloed as well, of course, yes. <laughs> for two years. <laughs> One of her major musical influences is she said that at age five, she got to attend her first ever concert where Michael Jackson performed. I can't imagine going to a concert at five that I remembered and also <laughs> seeing Michael Jackson. Like the Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's fine. 
So that's very cool. But she said at that young of age, she realized her purpose and then ended up presenting him with a tribute award at the World Music Awards in 2006, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. That is cool. And during that award ceremony, she said, if it wasn't for Michael Jackson, I never, ever would have performed. Wow. She also says she's very heavily influenced by Tina Turner because she made her strength feminine and sexy. Diana Ross, who she named as an all-around entertainer. Whitney Houston, who she said inspired me to get up there and do what she did. And Madonna, of course, (laughs) for not only her musical style, but also for her business sense, Mm. saying that she wanted to follow in the footsteps of Madonna and be a powerhouse and have her own empire. And well, mission accomplished. (laughs) Yeah, she totally did. She also credited Mariah Carey, which I feel like was very common for a lot of people at that age. Wasn't that one of Taylor Swift's influences as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone loves Mariah Carey. How can you not? Yes. And then um, also Prince, Shakira, Lauren Hill, Seda Do, Donna Summer, Mary J. Blige, Anita Baker, and Tony Braxton. There we go. Yeah, so lots of incredible legendary influences. She definitely followed in their footsteps very well. (laughs) When she was only eight years old, she met one of the first members of Destiny's Child, Latavia Robertson. It was at an audition for an all-girl entertainment group. Okay. Yeah, they both won and were placed in a group called Girls Time. Time was spelled T-Y-M-E. That's kind of cute, yeah. Yeah. There were three other girls. They were only eight years old, mind you. (laughs) So it was a group of five, and they rapped and danced on the talent show circuit throughout Houston. And then after seeing the group, an R&B producer, Arnie Fragger, brought them to his Northern California studio and placed them in Star Search, the largest talent show on national TV at the time. Star Search. I've I've obviously never saw it, but I I feel like I I've heard about it. Yes, through like yeah, learning I was about like, people's stories. The biggest one at the time is like I only remember like America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. which I think came a little later, but that's still really cool. So they actually failed to win. Beyonce said later that the song choice wasn't that great. But shortly after that, in 1995, her father ended up resigning from his sales job to manage the group. Wow, which. Yeah, it was a major move. It reduced the family's income by half and actually forced the parents to sell their house and cars and move into separated apartments because they couldn't afford anything better. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. And then during that time, he, as the manager, cut the original lineup of five to four. I don't know what the girl's name was who got cut. (laughs) That's a major bummer. Yeah. And then then the group continued performing as an opening act for other established R&B groups throughout the town. They eventually, you know, they were auditioning before record labels and then were signed to Electra Records, moving to Atlanta Records briefly, and then ended up being cut. Uh, Yeah, it put a lot of strain on the family and her parents actually separated for a couple of years during this time period. Wow. I can't imagine how hard it would be to kind of have that stress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that brings up a very good conversation of like, how far do you go to fulfill your child's dreams? Yeah. That's (laughs) what I was like saying. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they obviously believed in her and obviously it paid off, but it's like, but at what cost, you know, is, you know, are these things worth it? But I mean, obviously their investment eventually worked out. So that's good yes and it wasn't too much later that it did Mm -hmm. in october of 1995 so 
same year he resigned just later on okay. here, Dwayne Wiggins grassroots entertainment signed to the group. And then the next year they began recording their debut album under an agreement with Sony music and Columbia records. Okay. It actually, because everything worked out, the Knowles family reunited. So it all worked out. Her parents got back together, but I'm sure 1995 was a very dark year. Yes. <laughs> this is when they changed their name and they actually changed their name a lot. They went from girls time to something fresh mm. and then cliche then the dolls, and then they decided on Destiny. And that was the one that they signed with Electra Records under. But when they were dropped, they started kind of playing around with changing their name. They got the word Destiny out of the Bible, is what Beyonce said. But they couldn't trademark the name, which makes sense. I'm sure it was already trademarked. Yeah. So they added Child, which is like a rebirth of Destiny, is what they said. And they said that the word Destiny was chosen from the book of Isaiah by her mother. Oh, wow. So that's how they ended up with Destiny's Child. And then that's when they released their major label debut song, Killing Time, which would have been really funny if it was also spelled with the Y, but it wasn't, on the soundtrack to the 1997 film Men in Black, which is a major... I was like, what a first cut. Yeah. Yeah. For a debut song, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know, like a very... It's not like even a cult classic. It's like a mainstream... Yeah, absolutely. Classic. That same year in November, they released their debut single and first major hit, No, 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 and then released their self-titled debut album in February of the next year, um, winning the group three Soul Train Lady of Soul Awards for Best R&B Soul Album of the Year, Best R&B Soul or Rap New Artist, and Best R&B Soul Single for No, No, No. Wow. So they just came out swinging That's what like I was... right from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, in 1999, so just two years later, they released their platinum, multi-platinum second album, The Writings on the Wall. And this is where a lot of their most widely known songs are from. Mm-hmm. They have Bills, 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 Jumpin', Jumpin', and Say My Name, which is the most successful song of the time and one of their signature songs. Say I even know that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that ended up winning Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals and the Best R&B Song at the 43 Annual Grammy Awards. Wow. So you're right. I mean, obviously, they did a lot of groundwork. Like, this isn't the story of an overnight success, but it's like once they finally hit that part, yes. they were they were going. Yeah. It's like wh- whoever finally heard them, took a chance, and then signed them and went, yeah, like they made all the right connections. Yeah. And it, it was pretty smooth sailing well it was smooth sailing career-wise yes but- <laughs> i was gonna say well <laughs> interpersonally it got a little bit difficult so one of the original members along with latavia robertson was latoya luckett mm-hmm. and they were really unhappy with matthew knoll's managing of the band they said that he had a lot of favoritism towards beyonce and another member kelly Rowland. so that was the original four I don't know if it was true or not, but I can imagine it would be pretty easy to be biased towards your own daughter. Yeah. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, they ended up being replaced by Farrah Franklin and Michelle Williams. Oh. The split. I, like, we could do a whole podcast episode on the split. There is a ton about it. I did not have time to read all of it. Basically, they got in, like, this, like, press war and everyone was like saying things about each other uh-huh. and 
the public ended up blaming Beyonce for the entire thing. Like media critics, blogs, everybody. Her longstanding boyfriend also broke up with her during this time. So it was just like a really bad time for Beyonce. She went into a very severe depression that lasted for a couple of years where she would stay in her bedroom by herself and refuse to eat anything. Oh my gosh. But she had a really hard time talking about it because Destiny's Child had just won a Grammy award. And so she didn't think anyone would take her seriously because they'd be like, well, why do you have to be sad? You won a Grammy. Yeah. She later talked of her mother as being the one to help fight it all. And then they ended up losing another member around this time too, Farrah Franklin. There's no clear reason, but it's believed that Franklin just couldn't handle the stress of being hated so much as like a new member Mm -hmm. of Destiny's Child. And she just wasn't a very confrontational person. And so to have like Latoya and Latavia like coming at her like all the time, it was just a lot for her to handle. And so it ended up leaving the trio that's the most well-known trio of Destiny's Child, which is Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, that original member, and then Michelle Williams. Wow. So... Once it was down to those three, they recorded Independent Woman Part 1, which was on the soundtrack to the film Charlie's Angels. Another and, casual movie, yeah, you know. <laughs> I know, right? Just another, you know, Nothing. low-charted success. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it was a best-charting single and topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 for 11 consecutive weeks. Wow. That's a lot of weeks. That's a lot of weeks. <laughs> yeah, and that's not a very casual thing that's a very big deal Beyonce also started acting a lot Mm. during this time she did a lot more acting than I thought in her early career yeah it's kind of sprinkled throughout like soundtracks for movies and then like acting roles were kind of her gig for a very long time and they did really well so in early 2001 while they were finishing their third album she did an MTV made for television film Carmen a hip hopera cool and it was a modern interpretation of the 19th century opera Carmen by French composer Bizet. Cool. Bizet. Bizet. Mm-hmm. Bizet. There you go. My English is showing. That's okay. It's it's just my classical music degree <laughs> showing. So I should have taken a foreign language, but I did not. No. So you get to hear all my crappy pronunciation. <laughs> the third album, Survivor, was released that same year. And Luckett and Robertson actually ended up filing a lawsuit saying that the <gasps> songs were armed, like aimed at them. Like a um, defamation type thing? Or <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do you sue someone for? Yeah, they thought the songs were about them, so they sued. Well, they- <laughs> I hope that's not a thing because I've got a lawsuit coming my way then. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It didn't make it very far. They dropped the portion of their lawsuit aimed at the songs and then just ended up suing the manager. Mm. I don't know what they sued him for. I honestly, I though, could like this. wonder if there's some type of claim where it's like, we're the reason why. Like, we were a part of this success of the group at the very yeah. beginning. So any success that the group continues to have, we like maybe deserve a claim of. Like, I could maybe see that argument but it's hard because they weren't fired they left yeah exactly you know so that kind of makes it a little bit difficult they did end up dropping it in exchange for a settlement Mm. so undisclosed amount but they settled and then they were also banned from speaking about each other publicly so it stopped the media war completely which was 
a good thing. They would go on to form their own girl group called Angel, but they had issues with their record company and ended up leaving. As all things ended up happening, no press is bad press and the publicity made Destiny's Child success even bigger. Wow. And very quickly they became a pop culture phenomenon. Drama sells, sadly. No, it's it's true. But it worked out really well for them. Uh, their album, that third album, Survivor, it ended up debuting at number one in the U.S. Billboard 200 with first week sales of over 600,000 copies. And then ended up with multiple other number one hits, including Bootylicious, Survivor. And then they also won a Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by a duo or group with vocals. Wow. Yeah, for Survivor. They also did a holiday album, Eight Days of Christmas, in October 2001, which is kind of funny because usually you hear of holiday albums from people later on in their careers. Yeah. But I guess by this point, they had three very successful Like at this point, yeah, why not? Albums. And then at that time with their holiday album, they announced a hiatus because they were going to pursue solo careers. And this is actually the part I was very fascinated by this. They, I feel like they did breaking a group extremely well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll explain it. But at this time, Beyonce also released soundtrack singles for two films that she starred in. Both the movies and the songs did really well. Hmm. So it was like every time she was in a movie, she, she released a song. A song. And I feel like that still continues it. today with The Lion King, which I'll talk yeah. about later. But I know it's it's a very good idea. Like we saw with Dolly Parton in 9 to 5, mm-hmm. you know, like why not get like a song out of it that you can continue to make money off of? Yeah. You know? And if that's like your very, main very thing, smart. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm sure like if you're on set, you're going to be inspired. You want to write music. you know? Totally. Just a very good idea. In 2002, she did a solo recording. This was her very first one, but it was a feature on Jay-Z's song, Bonnie and Clyde. And that peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Wow. And then they also, she premiered songs for her first solo album, Dangerously in Love, during her first solo concert on the pay-per-view television special Ford Presents Beyonce Knowles. Oh, cool. Pay-per-view. And I mean, that's when she had to be (laughs) known by her last name. And it wasn't just Beyonce. (laughs) I know, which no one uses anymore. Yeah. But that first solo album Uh was released on June 24th, 2003. And it was actually after her co-group girls had released their solo efforts. So she went last. Michelle Williams, Kelly Rowland released theirs, and then she did as well. And her album sold over 300 copies in the first week and has since sold 100 million copies worldwide. Wow. Her lead single, Crazy in Love, featuring Jay-Z, became her number one single as a solo Mm -hmm. artist in the United States. Then she also had a song named Baby Boy, which reached number one. And then also her singles, Me, Myself, and I, and Naughty Girl both reached the top five. And then her album earned t- record tying five awards. Wow. Yeah. So she ended up winning enough to tie. Anyway, I'm saying it wrong, but record tying five awards at the 46th Annual Grammy Awards for Best Contemporary R&B Album, Best Female R&B Vocal Performance, Best R&B Song, Best Rap Sung Collaboration, and Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. Wow. 
And during the ceremony, she got to perform with Prince, one of her idols and main influences. So that's cool. Then she went on a dangerously in love tour for her album and ended up touring alongside Missy Elliott and Alicia Keys. Again, just more icons (laughs) everywhere. And then on February 1st, 2004, she got to perform the American National Anthem at the Super Bowl. Wow. After the release of Dangerously in Love, she planned to produce a follow-up album with some leftover tracks, like her vault tracks. Her B-sides, yes, love that. (laughs) But they ended up putting it on hold and recorded a final album, Destiny Fulfilled, with Destiny's Child. And this is what I'm saying, the smart business tactics of breaking up this group. Can you imagine if One Direction would have done this, how much money they would have made if they all said, we're taking a hiatus, released a solo album for each one of them, then released a final group album and went on a worldwide tour. Yeah, honestly, true. And I love that like (laughs) Destiny fulfilled. Like they did it. They fulfilled their destiny. It's good. We're done. Genius. And it had, it peaked at number two, like the whole album Mm -hmm. did. And included the singles Lose My Breath and Soldier, which reached top five. And then they went on a worldwide concert tour. And it was sponsored by the McDonald's Corporation. (laughs) Business savvy, (laughs) indeed. (laughs) And it included hits such as No, 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 Survivor, Say My Name, Independent Woman, and Lose My Breath. A lot of, you know, their original with new ones as well. In addition to the renditions of their like group mm-hmm. songs they also got to sing songs from their solo careers oh, this is insane genius. genius yep most notably of course they sang a lot of songs from beyonce's album because she had won and that so was many grammy awards the best selling of them all i'm sure yes yes but they all got to do kind of a group recording version of everyone's songs live mm. and that's Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) During the last stop, they announced that Destiny's Child would disband. So they did the whole thing, then announced that they were breaking up and released their first compilation album, number one, on October 25th of 2005. So all of their top hits on a compilation album. And then they accepted a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And together, the whole group sold over 60 million records worldwide. Incredible. I just think that that was the smartest thing you could do when you're breaking up a group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like people should take a note because they made bank yeah. off of that. <laughs> they, like, they made bank of them ending. <laughs> yeah, and that's the way to do it. This is when Beyonce's second solo album came out called B-Day. It was released in 2006, and it coincided with her 25th birthday, which is why it was called that. There's a very big like feminism and female empowerment theme in this album. It was inspired by her role in the movie Dreamgirls and by the singer Josephine Baker, which I had to bring up because we have an episode on Josephine Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so it was inspired by that, and she ended up paying homage to Baker by wearing a trademark mini hula skirt Uh with the fake bananas we talked about it in our episode you have to go check out our josephine baker episode but yeah she wore that little like mini hula skirt in honor of her at the 2006 fashion rocks concert cool this album of course did really well as well selling over half a million copies in its first week and becoming her second consecutive number one album in the united states the lead single deja vu featured jay-z and reached the top five in the Billboard Hot 100. Mm -hmm. And then the second international single, Irreplaceable, 
was a commercial success worldwide, reaching number one in a lot of places. And then she also did three other singles, Ring the Alarm, Get Me Bodied, and Greenlight. At the 49th annual Grammy Awards, she was nominated for five Grammy Awards, <laughs> including Best Contemporary R&B Album, Best Female R&B Vocal Performance, and Best R&B Song, and Best Rap Song Collaboration. Also, there was a remix of her song with Jay-Z called The Deja Vu Song by the Freemasons. They did like a club mix of it, and that was put forth for best remixed recording. Wow. So tons and tons of awards. She won for best contemporary R&B, and then the next year, B-Day also received two nominations. I don't know how it got spread out over two years, uh-huh. but it did for record of the year and best pop collaboration for vocals, which she ended up getting to record with Shakira another one of her major influences yeah during this time she also continued acting she starred in the pink panther just another casual film yes (laughs) dream girls which i brought up earlier uh it was also it's this sounds really cool so it's a film of a broadway musical based on the supremes yeah and then also a film i couldn't find the name of it playing a diana ross inspired pop star and she released a single for the soundtrack of that film as well. Yeah, I didn't realize that she has done so much acting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's like sprinkled all throughout. Uh-huh. It's crazy. In April 2007, she went on her first worldwide concert tour by herself called the Beyonce Experience. They visited 97 venues and grossed over $25 million. And something that's really cool about this is she did pre-concert food donation drives during the six major stops. Mm. And so she had people donate food in conjunction with like her church, like her oh, home church. That is cool. St. John's and America's Second Harvest, which I thought was really incredible. There's a lot of charity sprinkled throughout her too. Yeah. And, which is amazing. At the time, she also released five additional songs on B-Day. So kind of like the deluxe edition uh-huh. and included her duet with Shakira. This is when the confusion over her name came in for me. (laughs) I am Sasha Fierce. Her next album was released on November 18th of 2008. It was her third solo album. And she said it was especially inspired by Jay-Z and Etta James. Sasha Fierce is an alter ego for Beyonce. Not her real name. Yes. Yeah. A stage personality almost. She came up with this idea for Sasha Fierce saying that she was like, more daring, more sexy, more bold, more than like Beyonce could be on her own. And so she like created another stage presence to be able to kind of like act outside of herself. I like can't even imagine a world where Beyonce isn't secure and like too scared to be <laughs> like sexy right? or powerful performing. But I mean, obviously she's human, but in my mind, I'm like, ah, she's not. She's surpassed it. No, <laughs> I completely cool, agree. Uh, it's just really funny. And it it makes sense. I was confused because Sasha is like a very normal name and Beyonce yeah. is like epic. Yeah. So, you know, like it got switched. No, I, I, it makes sense. <laughs> it had like really mediocre reviews from critics, but ended up selling almost half a million copies in its first week, giving her her third consecutive number one album in the United States. So the fans obviously didn't care. And it also featured the number one hit song, Single Ladies, and also her top five songs, If I Were a Boy and Halo, which we all know the lyrics to Halo. Like three of the most iconic songs. Like I would say by Beyonce, but like Single Ladies is like probably one of the best pop songs of all time. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my opinion. But I feel like there's a solid argument for that. And like the fact that it came from her like mediocre reviewed album. But it's like. I know. Very lasting. And there's some of her most well-known songs. Yeah. So just really cool. It also ended up giving her the achievement of the longest running Hot 100 single in her career. Wow. Which was Halo, actually, not even single ladies. Halo is but a good Halo song. did it for her. Mm-hmm. And this created the record of Beyonce attaining more top 10 singles on the list than any other woman during the 2000s. Wow. Which I fully believe. Yeah. On the same album, it also had the songs Sweet Dreams, Diva, Ego, Broken Hearted Girl, and Video Phone. And then the music video, of course, came out for Single Ladies, which has been parodied, imitated everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Still to this day. It also is known as creating the first major dance craze of the internet age, Uh which makes sense because then you think of like later ones, like party rock anthem, Mm -hmm. like every day I'm shuffling or like Gangnam style. Yeah. And like those dance crazes that came from that, like hers was the first. She was the first. If Mm -hmm. anything I've learned from this research is Beyonce is the ultimate trendsetter. Oh, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) The video, of course, won several awards, including the 2009 MTV Europe Music Awards, 2009 Scottish MOBO Awards, and the 2009 BET Awards. Yeah, I think so. And then at the MTV Video Music Awards, it was nominated for nine awards, ultimately winning three, including Video of the Year. However, it did not win (laughs) at the female video yeah it did not win best female video category maybe it should have i did not realize that it was single ladies that was going up against i mean but single ladies did end up winning the overall night and i'm pretty sure i remember that like the i don't know if all the vma awards are fan awards but i'm pretty sure the best female video category was a fan award so like the fans decided it but fair enough i don't know if that's true here I go again. Always go. Always. I don't know. Wrapping up my girl. Taylor Swift. No, you're good. I just, I was like single ladies. No, it's an, it it is insane that she yeah. against that. Both very iconic music videos, but. Single ladies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we all know, I'm sure you're, you know what we're referencing, but Taylor Swift ended up winning the best female video category award for her You Belong With Me music video, Mm -hmm. which led to the moment of Kanye West getting up on stage and interrupting her and saying like, I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce Beyonce has the best. And then Beyonce ended up letting Taylor Swift come up and give her acceptance speech during her award, which very gracious. Very nice of her. (laughs) Shortly after that, she embarked on the I Am World Tour, her second headlining worldwide concert. Millions and millions of dollars came out of it. She got to go on and star in a biopic for Etta James, which oh. is really cool. That's who inspired her Sasha. Yeah, I didn't know album. that. It was a biopic called Cadillac Records, which I now really want to watch. Yeah, that's what I'm like. How have I just like, okay, like I need to see these yeah. movies now. I always feel like there's movies that I didn't hear about that I need to watch. Yep. Like all these biopics uh-huh. that I'm like, how have I never heard of this? Yeah. She actually garnered several nominations for her portrayal of Etta James and ended up 
getting a nomination for a Satellite Award of Best Supporting Actress and an NAACP Image Award nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actress. And something that's amazing, she donated her entire salary for the film to Phoenix House that helps heroin addicts with their rehabilitation. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, like, obviously, she was like, I don't need this, so I gave it somewhere else. But not a lot of people do that, so that's really cool. Also, on January 20th, 2009, she got to perform Etta James's song, At Last, for Barack and Michelle Obama's first inaugural inaugural ball, which is very fitting, I feel like, to have Beyonce there for the first, mm. the first couple, the first Black president, you know, very fitting. Oh, yeah. She also said that she's very personally inspired by Michelle Obama, saying she proves that you can do it all. And also, um, around the same time, described Oprah Winfrey as the definition of inspiration and a strong woman. Love so that. kind of more of her role models there. Mm-hmm. Then she performed in a thriller, acted in a thriller movie called Obsessed. The (laughs) film received negative reviews from critics, but it did really well, actually making $60 million more than her biopic of Etta James. Wow. (laughs) And the crazy part is they only had a $20 million budget. So it made a lot more money than they like ever dreamed possible. Impressive. What's also funny is the fight scene finale between Beyonce's character, Sharon, and the character played by Ali Larder uh-huh. won the 2010 MTV Music Award for Best Fight. So random, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Once again at the Grammy, she received 10 nominations. She just has Grammy nomination after Grammy nomination. It's yeah. crazy. Um, including Album of the Year for I Am Sasha Fierce, Record of the Year for Halo, and Song of the Year for Single Ladies. Among a bunch of others, obviously, with 10 of them. She tied with Lauren Hill for the most Grammy nominations in a single year by a female artist. Wow. And then went on to win six of those nominations, breaking a record that she had previously tied, you'll remember, in 2004 for the most most Grammy Awards Mm. won in a single night. So, yeah, most Grammy Awards won in a single night by a female artist, I guess I should say. Cool. But in 2010, she was featured on Lady Gaga's single Telephone and appeared in its music video, topping the U.S. pop charts for both of them. And then also tied them with Mariah Carey for the most number one since the Nielsen Top 40 Airplay chart launched. Oh. So that was like another record-breaking thing. And then it also ended up winning a Grammy Award nomination for Best Pop Collaboration. In 2010, she announced a hiatus from her musical career. Her mother had given her some advice to live life, to be inspired by things again. And so she took a break. During this time, she also parted with her father as business partners. He went back to just being her dad. That's no probably longer being a healthy, yes, for a family yeah. relationship. And she took a break for nine months, but not for a baby. It was so that she could travel the world. (laughs) And she went and saw multiple European cities, the Great Wall of China, the Egyptian pyramids, Australia, English musical festivals, and various museums and ballet performances. Also, I love that her break from music was a nine-month thing. I know. (laughs) It's not even that long. Come on. Like, you can take a couple years and you'd be fine. Uh But she was like, no, nine months. I'm going to go see the world and then I'll come back. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Oh, man. And we're already an hour in. So I think we're probably going to have to do a part. We might have to do a part two for this. Yeah. That's okay. 
it's just cool. so good. Um, I know she just has so much, so much. And as I'm like, the more I learn about her, like just the more and more respect. Like in my mind, she was already icon status, but you know, mm-hmm. she's just been working so hard for Since so long. Since she was like eight years old. Yeah. So everyone, we'll be back later this month with the rest of the life of Beyonce, where I'll talk about everything from 2011 on, which, yeah, there's just so much. For both of us doing our parts, it ended up being over an hour and a half, so it was a very long episode, so we'll be splitting it up. Um, But thanks for being here. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, and we will talk to you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.